Welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine Podcast, Supplier Voice Edition, with your host, Rico Francis, the president of Club Solutions and Peak Media, and special guest, Sean Turner, the CEO of Les Mills U.S. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rico. Nice to be here. Very good. Well, let's just, we've got a lot to talk about, um, a lot we want to cover with you. Let's just jump right into the question. So first, uh, if you could tell our listeners about your personal background, uh, where you grew up, your early interests, and kind of how you got to where you are today. Okay, well, um, as people may have known from my accent, I'm South African. A lot of people mistake me for being a Kiwi from New Zealand because we're uh, out of New Zealand, Les Mills is, but I grew up in South Africa. Um, as a kid, I was pretty sports crazy, played every sport that there was, like a lot of young South African kids. Um, and I was also always intrigued by travel. I had an uncle that traveled a lot, so I was always intrigued by travel and experiencing new cultures and learning about other countries. Um, so that was pretty much um, kind of how my life went in a way. I uh, traveled abroad to study, and then I ended up traveling uh, to the US, Canada, and around Europe, and ended up living in Prague um, in my early 20s. Um, initially working in retail um, and then actually moving into working in personal training. Um, at the time, there were a lot of movies being filmed there. I worked with some athletes. Um, so interesting times. Um, and uh, not, I built a, quite a nice business in personal training there. It was very early on in the 90s. Um, and then also worked in corporate team development for a while um, as I found that um, I'd always been a, a fairly natural coach and had developed some of those skills. And a number of my clients that worked in big corporations uh, made me more interested in learning more about team development and experiential learning. Um, ultimately, I transitioned into working in the health club industry by chance as Eastern Europe was then opening up to health clubs. And I uh, worked for a, a large um, operator of clubs throughout Europe and, and uh, also in the Middle East. Um, and I was fortunate enough to do quite a fair bit of moving around into different uh, roles there. So from operations into sales and marketing, uh, eventually developed into uh, leading their digital transformation um, in the mid 2000s, um, and then ended up uh, taking my last position with them, which was CMO of the group. They had two or three brands under them at the time um, and then got the offer to move to Les Mills and become the US CEO, which was at the end of 2018. And uh, yeah, I couldn't refuse coming over to the US as it's the biggest market in the world and, uh, you know, testing out how I do here, I guess. Very good. So as CEO of the US market, uh, describe what your priorities are and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. So, I mean, fundamentally creating a fitter planet by getting more people more active more often is really what we do in a nutshell. Um, and basically my focus day-to-day -day is on serving out what we call our four key customers. Um, the first of those would be our club partners and helping them grow their business and helping their members fall in love with their clubs. The second would be our instructors, helping them to reach their full potential and training and development, developing them to be the best they can be. Um, the third 
uh, customer we see as our direct-to-consumer customer, which is through our digital arm of the Les Mills Plus app. Um, so getting more people more active and ultimately trying to connect them with some of our club partners and help them experience the live experience to get the bug and be more active more often. And then the final one is a very important one, which is our own team. So we see our team and our teammates as uh, one of our key customers. Um, and a lot of my role uh, is spent looking to create um, the right mindset, the right culture. And as we've seen in the pandemic, that's been critical to the success of most business and definitely uh, critical to our success um, within that period of coming through that period successfully. Um, day to day, I would say a lot of my time spent with other teams or out in markets trying to learn more from our customers and helping them be better at what they're trying to do. Last year, we talked with one of your team members, Adrian Heffernan, your, uh, your VP of customer experience, and he talked a lot about the hybrid workout. Um, yeah. Today, we, we'd like to get your thoughts on the importance of um, group X instructors and specifically how club operators can go about recruiting and retaining um, instructors. So if you could speak to that. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a very hot topic right now um, as clubs kind of come back into uh, live programming, trying to create community in the club. So, yeah, they're a key tool. I mean, arguably, we believe that, you know, they're one of the biggest success factors in the club is having really great and rock star instructors. Um, our experience shows globally that a single great instructor can really attract and engage hundreds of members. Um, you can imagine what a great team of those can do, and that could be thousands over time. So, I mean, we see that as really allowing clubs to boost revenue, um, retention rates, drive acquisition, and also great rockstar instructors really help clubs often stand out from the crowd. And you'll get people just going to a specific club because of how good their instructors is. And from a club perspective, we've seen that and we've been disrupted by seeing that in boutique clubs that have come around and competed with us uh, with their great instructors. Uh, not all boutiques have great instructors, but the really good ones do. And that generally um, draws in, uh, members in and creates a cult-like following. So we believe that, and we've seen that happen in our own clubs in New Zealand, but also in clubs that we work with in the US. But a lot of work goes into that, as you say, and it has been challenging uh, to recruit and retain instructors uh, in the industry um, in the pandemic, but also post-pandemic. So from a recruitment perspective, I would say um, that, you know, people usually go about recruitment in the same way. They'll put, up, put out ads, look for people, but there are other ways to go about it. Often we find with our top club partners, uh, we say that recruiting starts at home. Um, often, we would recruit with our top partners from the people that currently take Group X. And some of our partners get 20 to 30% of their instructors out of current members that are like uh, Group X fanatics, right? So we always say, look at your front row in a class and often you'll see great potential uh, new instructors. So that's one interesting way of finding them. Um, the other one is uh, our partners generally use... Um, a new, a new ecosystem called Les Mills Connect, which actually connects clubs and instructors. 
Um, you have the club profile, you have the instructor profile. It outlines their recruitment needs and if they're open to recruiting and what programming. And the instructor would put in the same thing and be able to connect them. So some, um, if you don't know about Connect and you are a partner, check it out. If you're not a partner, uh, we can give you more information about that. But it's a, it's a very um, effective recruitment tool on top of the other things that I would mention. Um, another place to look out for recruitment and to recruit talent, uh, which we've been doing in Lesmos for years, is beyond the club. So really looking at, you know, um, some of our partners call instructors artists, and I, and I like that a lot because they're so skilled and so important to clubs. So looking into places of artists, um, dancers, actors, sports teachers in school, athletes, uh, sometimes from the military. So you'll get fairly active people out there that don't know they're able to become instructors. And if they set a pathway, they, they can become great talent that really know how to motivate people and drive people into your classes. So looking beyond the club's important. And then always having an always-on approach to recruiting. Uh, what we see with clubs that are successful is they're continuously recruiting and looking for talent. You know, they might, they might go to a, um, to a performance by artists and see someone and think that they'd be a great instructor. They might go to a workout in a boutique and spot an instructor that they'd love to have on their team and reach out to them. And then they've always got recruitment events and other type of events where they're uh, always looking to recruit new instructors and they have backup. The challenge comes when you down to a few instructors, some instructors leave, and then you have to recruit. And we see that that's usually a big challenge for clubs when they're starting from zero or they don't always have a always on approach to um, to. Uh, recruiting instructors. Um, you uh, mentioned retention too. Um, it is challenging in the retention space also, especially with, you know, boutiques paying instructors so well. One of the big challenges that came up in FIBO, I think this year, and maybe last, uh, no, this year was the first time they've had one for a while. They spoke a lot about instructor pay. And they were speaking about the last 20 years and looking how much instructor pay has increased. And one of the challenges we see is it hasn't increased that much. So I think that incentive is, a, is an important part, but I don't think it's the most important part. I think in the clubs creating a culture and the motivation for an instructor team or people to want to be part of the instructor team um, is critical. I think that investing in your people through training and development, um, Les Mills, we have a Les Mills qualification, which we've just launched, that is all very similar to how you would get different um, skill levels over time. So you'd start at level one and progress to mastery at level five. And there's always ongoing instruction and development to get people um, really upskilled across five modalities of being a great trainer. So I think that training and development is important. Environment is important. As we all know, working in a, right, in a great um, area, uh, nice studios, good lighting, sound, mics that work, all that stuff work, work into that as well. Um, and as I said, again, competitive conditions, you know, how much is their pay mood on? How do you reward them? And there's different ways that you could do that, right? So basically paying on performance 
possibly having bigger studios with bigger group X classes that actually cuts your, um, your revenue and resource down slightly, but increases pay for one rockstar um, instructor. So those are some of the ways that uh, we look at it. Um, that's quite interesting as well. Can you go back, uh, Sean, the one thing you mentioned, I think I wrote it down right. It, I heard you say Les Mills Connected. Is that, that what yeah. Okay. Lesmos Connect is a platform that we have um, that basically allows you to do many things in one place. It's an ecosystem for the club, but also for the instructor. So for the club, they would get marketing resource off their assets, everything that's connected with Lesmos programming on how we support them. But it would also allow them to connect with Lesmos instructors so if they're looking for a body, body pump instructor, they can actually outline that. Their club profile would be in there. And then the instru on the instructor side, the instructor would look, look for a, body, a club looking for a body pump instructor within their area and their, club, and their club profile would pop up. They would both get each other's information and it would allow them to connect. Um, yeah. Besides that, there's a number of other things in there, for example, like education modules for trainers, education model, modules for club staff to help them better understand group exercise and how to manage that. And there's a number of different other cool elements in there. But it's basically we've had those platforms living in different um, on separate platforms. And now we've brought it all together and created one ecosystem where the club and the instructor can interact um, more efficiently and actually support uh, both parties better. So kind of a follow-up to that, um, some of your better customers, and you've got customers all over the world, obviously, yeah. but your better, better customers, what are you observing that they're doing? And they're probably doing multiple things like you just mentioned, but what are you observing that, that they're doing um, successfully to get the best instructors? Like if there was maybe one or two things in particular that, that those customers do that seems to work best, what would you say that is? I think creating a team that people want to be a part of is super important. But I think that as leaders in businesses, we all know that. As I mentioned before, that's a big part of our focus in our teams in, in Les Mills all over the world. So I think creating that motivational aspect I think also with the instructors, I was speaking to someone um, that's legendary in the industry the other day, and he was telling me that in the early days when he set up his business, he really liked a little bit of competition between his instructors. And I thought that that was interesting. Most instructors are competitive by nature. So right. creating healthy competition uh, is great as well. And uh, I think... Also, the, the environment beyond just the culture of the club is quite important. Not necessarily having the most expensive studio set up, but also how the clubs interact with their members and the communities that they develop. Some of our most um, successful partners are not necessarily in the nicest uh, environments, meaning studios with the most money, but they've created awesome communities. You know, the Ys or the JCCs would often fall into that category. They have great community outreach. Uh, they really connect with their members, give great service. And that gives team members a real sense of accomplishment 
and that they really come there to do what their real goal is, and that's changing people's lives. So I think that that's really important in the culture um, and that driving that home to that instructor team and then creating a real team-like environment is super important as well. Got it. Um, can you maybe share specific examples, and you don't have to talk about uh, specific customers. Um, you can certainly you know, leave that information in confidence, but specific examples of how um, some of your customers, um, because of their instructor process, have really driven bottom line results for operators. If you could maybe just share one or two um, okay. answers or anything like that, that'd be great. Well, well, I think first of all, to kick off, I, I, you know, we often experience when we first engage with clubs uh, that don't know us or don't really, they run Group X, but they're not great at it yet. They often see Group X or programming as a cost line in their PL uh, versus the profit line that we believe it is. Um, and the reason we say that is because we have years of experience of seeing Group X really drive attendance, retention, referral, and often a price point, uh, which you're seeing now, especially in the high value, low cost clubs that add Group X, you can see that they can push their price point up. Um, around the you know, a lot of people go, okay, well, how does that actually impact bottom line? Um, you know, just top line numbers of research that IRSA did a while back on retention is most club operators know that they want to get their member attendance or their attendance above two times a week, because they know that based on that uh, study that was done in the uh, maybe 2013, 14, something like that, that if your member comes below one and a half times per week, you, uh, they're more likely to cancel within a year. And once you get them over the twice a week mark, they're more likely to retain their membership for two, year, two to five years. So you can do the math on that. But I mean, basically, if you're able to move your group X attendance by let's say 10% in a 3,500 member club, you're looking at $147,000 in extra revenue a year providing that that's just one year, you're not taking into account referral because they say Group X uh, attendees refer more and any other uh, auxiliary services. So if you would do the math on that, if you're a 10 club chub, tw 20, cl uh, chain, uh, 20 club chain, sorry, uh, 500 club chain, you can see how that's exponentially grown. Specific examples, I mean, again, it's, it's challenging to, on a call like this with so many partners to call right. people out, you, you know what it's like, Rico, next week, someone from like Angel or someone will be calling me out saying, hey, man, you didn't mention my club. You didn't mention me. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've got great examples. As I mentioned, Angel, great for SoCal. You know, we've got big partners, 24, EOS, a lot of them. Most of them have seen growth in their percentage of people coming into Group X, which is directly connected to attendance. I'm a case study that we've done yesterday to trying to keep myself safe and just mention the most recent case study we have on our, on our, um, on our website is JFIT, uh, JC, part of a JCC in New Jersey that have already surpassed pre-pandemic membership levels. Their classes are at capacity um, and they're doing around 70 classes a week um, with about 3,500 members. Wow. Um, so, 
I won't get into where their percentage is of their membership, but I can tell you that gym access for them, they've got two membership tiers. So gym access is $55 for gym access only, but the majority of their members take the $82 um, Group X membership. So you could see how much difference that would make just on a very basic level without getting into um, occupancy and uh, attendance percentage moves. Great. Very good. Um, what are some other challenges maybe that we haven't talked about yet or trends that you're seeing that, you know, you all can help our listeners with? Well, oh, it's a very interesting time in the, in the industry because, you know, fitness has become more accessible than ever. Um, it's booming as well. More people are interested in their health since the pandemic. Uh, no surprises why there as well. Um, but we're getting a whole new audience into fitness. Those that have just done digital at home and are trying to find out how live works, uh, but also people that have never been conscious of going to the club before. I guess in the US, we're speaking to the above 21%, that other almost 80% that don't work out in clubs. So how do we get those into the clubs? And I think our programming and the way we embrace that allows us to attract uh, people from all demographics. So a lot of our clubs at the moment are really looking at, our club partners are looking at how do we attract the younger demographic to the clubs? Uh, we know that a large amount of people in that Gen Z demographic and millennials are the ones paying for fitness and right. the club joiners younger and younger. So for example, in that area, we, our programming helps out. We have very boutique-like uh, cycling programming and hit programming that go along with trends. Uh, we have a trip, the trip, which is our immersive programming that's gamified. So that's the kind of programming we would help clubs with to attract that demographic. Whereas other, other types of our programming, which would go into the dance, mind, body, that type of thing, we might look at attracting a first-timers and an older demographic that would have less choreography and kind of bring them along uh, easier, help them create their habit and get, in, get into clubs. And obviously, a lot of that goes along with our instructor training of how they cue, how they help members and support them come, come into the programs. And then another thing that we would do in that space would we have a system called Smart Start, which is an onboarding program that helps first-timers really adapt to exercise and actually take it at their own pace. So they're able to exit a class without feeling self-conscious or something after a certain period as they build out to, up to getting into classes. That would be one way of attracting a new audience. As I mentioned briefly, is how a lot of our partners have a lot of competition from boutiques. Uh, the ones that have survived and thrived, as we know, a lot of them have really felt the, the heat through pandemic. Um, but a lot of that's giving those boutique and club experiences as well. Uh, we work with a number of clubs in that space. Uh, we also have a new boutique product that we're starting to um, launch in the US as well that can help in that space. And then also bridging that gap between the digital and the physical in club and helping partners with digital connect those people back to their live program uh, through some of the digital content we have um, and how we um, challenge some of the other players in that space, Peloton, et cetera, among them that actually don't have a live format 
So trying to help clubs use a similar programming that they have in their clubs digitally and then connect that back to the live experience in the clubs because ultimately we're trying to drive and help our clubs get more attendance um, and more members through that as well. Um, Sean, if there was one thing you'd want our listeners to know um, about Les Mills that maybe they don't know, and this is this is difficult because you guys are, you know, um, one of the premier, um, probably the premier programming company in the world, um, but certainly one of the um, most helpful vendors to clubs or to, to, to clubs all over the globe. So a lot is known about you guys, but if there was one thing that maybe is a misperception or something that you want people to know that maybe they don't know, what would you say that would be? Maybe I can ask you, Rico, do you, do you know how we got our name? I do not know that. Okay. That was a good test because I spoke to one of my colleagues in marketing and I said, wow, we got so many of these things. What should I share? And he said, well, a lot of people don't know why you called Les Mills. So it's not because we're French, although I understand there is a town in France called Les Mills. Okay. Um, but that's not Les Mills is actually a person um, and he's the father of um, Philip Mills, who actually um, is our, our founder of the Group X to music type of area that we're famous for now. But Les Mills Senior, he, he was an Olympian uh, athlete. Um, he was also mayor of Auckland, interestingly enough. Um, mm-hmm. And he started health clubs or you know, gyms in New Zealand in 1968. Um, and that's our heritage. The interesting thing about that is Philip, who is his son, um, was also an athlete. He grew up in a family of athletes that were either Olympians or Commonwealth athletes. So at fairly high level, um, they were always dedicated to sport and they were committed to creating a fitter planet. And that's where our vision as a company comes from. Um, they're also very uh, connected to sustainability. So that's another interesting thing. So for example, we support uh, UNESCO Workout for Water, which we do in Ethiopia with some groups. Uh, But recently also, we've committed to planting a tree for every program we sell. Mm. And also plant trees on any of our team members' uh, birthdays. So that's an interesting fact that our goal this year is to plant 1.1 million trees as a business and that's a kpi for us uh, which is i i think quite unusual in businesses i think also interesting enough although we're so big and global we're still very family run and all the mills family is involved in our business uh, from development and the creative side uh, to um, some of the programming and some of the role, rolling out of important programs like dei and things like that um, so we're still very family and very close uh, in a lot of ways. Very good. Um, future plans. So maybe short term and then longer term. Uh, what are your what are your what are your plans? Mm. It's always a tough one. This, but I I think that um, in general we see as ourselves as an innovative company. So I think we're gonna you know we'll keep innovating and looking to create life-changing fitness experiences. That's kind of what drives us and getting more people active. Um, in the near term, as I said, we're looking to connect and help and support our customers much more um, using technology. So one of those areas is Lesmos Connect. Um, as I briefly mentioned, uh, that's a big thing. And we, 
we've launched that, but rolling it out. Um, continue to develop our programming. We just launched a new strength development programming that's uh, not in clubs yet. Uh, won't be for a little while, but is on our uh, Les Mills Plus app at the moment and has a great following. Um, so looking to do more things in that vein that are almost more in the club space than in the exact group X space from a programming perspective. Uh, as you may know, we've entered the metaverse. So working in VR um, in that space with um, uh, Les Mills Body Combat, uh, which has been pretty well received and super fun. If you have the Oculus, <laughs> check it out. You'll get a quite a sweat in a 45 minute class if you can keep up. So that might be an interesting challenge. Um, we continue to do programming in the kids space. I think we all realize that that's a critical era, uh, area for us as fitness professionals and people in the industry to focus on. Uh, living in the US now, I, you know, I can see some of the challenges around that. Um, and where sports starts very late in schools here compared to other countries I've lived in. So we have a challenge in our hands there and we really committed to that space as well. Um, boutique concerts in clubs, uh, we've started to roll a few of those out as well. And then looking at some interesting new uh, strategic par partnerships um, in a number of areas, including the fit tech space. So lots of things happening, yeah. Um, yeah. but fundamentally all driven by our by our drive to, you know, create a fitness planet and continue creating life-changing fitness experiences. Very good, Sean. If our listeners uh, want to contact you or the company, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, yeah, we're pretty non-hierarchical, I would say, and uh, we're pretty open as most people know us. So, you know, our website, you can always get in contact with us there. And for me personally, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn or, uh, you know, if you've got connections to people within our company, as you mentioned, Adrian and everyone else, we quite known within the industry. So, you know, feel free anytime to reach out. And, uh, you know, we're always interested in just discussing um, our insights, et cetera, with partners or potential partners um, and always ready to help. Sean, great job. Thanks for the insight. And uh, I wish Les Mills continued success in the future. Thanks a lot, Rico. Fun to be here. Mm -hmm.